Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,291. Whatever you want to do in this life, you better do it because you're a long time dead. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am so excited to introduce a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, Bert Levy. Hey, Bert, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right. Bert B.S. Levy is known as the world's fastest novelist. He's an award-winning motorsports journalist, an infamous author, a lifelong British car nut, and notorious race car ride mooch, who has earned over 80 amateur and vintage race wins. He's the author of the celebrated cult classic 1950 sports car novels, The Last Open Road, its sequels, Montezuma's Ferrari, The Fabulous Trash Wagon, Tully's Ghost, The 200-mile-per-hour Steamroller, and his utterly hilarious short story collection, A Potside Companion. Today, Bert returns to Cars Yeah! to share his latest venture, The Last Open Road audiobook. A true automotive entrepreneur, Bert is sure to fill our ears with his humor and iconic BS, as they like to say. So hide your car keys and listen up. And by the way, Bert was the first Cars Yeah! guest way back on August 3rd in 2014 to have a two-part show. So if you missed that, go back and check it out on the Cars Yeah! website, shows number 47 and 48. So Bert, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little more about your history, your business, your career, your racing, and your very obvious passion for automobiles? Oh, I... I always loved cars and sports cars and racing and I started racing myself in I think 1970 no 71 shoestring effort with a $600 TR3 that I managed to make go faster and faster for shorter and shorter periods of time went through amateur racing got an alpha started to win some stuff won uh, several amateur championships uh, won SCCA national racing hit a brief and fitful pro career where I wound up, unfortunately, is well, fortunately, his teammate to P.D. Cunningham, oh. who is now, I think, the winningest uh, pro sedan racer in history with the Pirelli World Challenge in the series that preceded them. And I could run with everybody else on the team, and we had, I think, four national champs. But P.D. was always that little bit faster, got through traffic better, took less out of the car, finally began to dawn on me, Bert, He's better than you. <laughs> so my dreams of being a uh, professional race car driver, obviously, if I couldn't beat my own teammate. And I essentially started writing about it to get my hobby for free. Ah. And I discovered on the vintage racing side that I could write my way into cars I could never dream of affording. You can see them on YouTube or on our website. But I've been able to drive, oh, my God, everything from pre-war Bugattis to the Shadow Can-Am car that won the last Can-Am championship. Wow. And I still love it. I, I love to race. I love to drive. I love the history and mechanics of the cars. And I guess I got this crazy idea that I ought to write a novel about it. And it took me eight years. And that's the last open road. Yeah, it's an incredible series of books. And for you automotive enthusiasts out there that don't have these books, these are a must have on your automotive library shelf. I mean, they're hilarious they're so well thought through. They are long, but they cover everything. And, and they really take you back to a different time 
I mean, you just want to sit down and pour a drink that you enjoy and just start reading and traveling through this journey of uh, some really, really interesting characters. And today we're going to talk about the fact that Bert is bringing this all to life through an audiobook. But before we get there, Bert, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? Bert, I know you love to jump in any car that somebody will let you drive, so take the wheel. There's actually two things that stuck with me. I mean, there's many, but two things my dad said. Uh, one was, whatever you want to do in this life, you better do it because you're a longtime dad, mm-hmm. which yeah. was good advice. Yeah. And he always said, there's only one thing you ever need to know, and that's what you have to do next. And it's probably not great business advice because we've been hung out over the edge so many times uh, going through this publishing odyssey that we've gone on. But in the end, I'm so pleased with you know where we've gotten to. Uh, Buddy Palumbo and The Last Open Road have got quite a following. Here's a book that we had to self-publish because every publisher in New York turned it down. And now it's in its 10th printing with over 50,000 sold. And wow. the sequels have been successful. The second book won the uh, Benjamin Franklin Book of the Year Award. I mean, I'd like to be richer. You know, my wife always <laughs> says, when are you when, when are you going to turn all this notoriety into cash? Yeah. But yeah. I'm happy with what we've done. I think I've been very fortunate to to be where I am and get to meet the people I have, uh, drive the cars I have, and particularly find an audience for the stuff I love to write. Yeah, you do. And boy, do you write. What's interesting is when I sat down to write The Last Open Road, all I wanted to do was to write a history of racing, American racing in the 50s, because mm. I was fascinated by it. And I invented this gas station mechanic, Buddy Palumbo, to tell the story. Because here's a guy that, unlike a driver, he's right there, he's in the scene. But because he's not a driver, he's not the main dominating ego uh, mm-hmm. that drives the story. He's like a fly on the wall, part of it. Yeah. And it took me eight years, and somewhere around the fourth year, the lives of the fictional characters I'd created to tell the story uh, started to be more interesting to me than, than the history I started to write to begin with. Yeah. From there on, you know, anyhow. Yeah. Next question. Well, I, I want to just say something here because you touched on something and I was just talking to somebody this weekend about it. These cars that we love so much, old cars, old race cars, events that we go to, vintage races, Concours events. When you take everything away that is the car, what it's really about are the people. And you just touched on a really important part. It's the people. The cars are just the catalyst that bring us together. It's the friendships, the people, the characters. That's what's most important. So I want to touch here at the beginning of our talk about what instigated your goal to take this incredible book, The Last Open Road, and create an audiobook. I mean, this is this is very cool. I, I think it went back to when we first sent the manuscripts off to New York or when I'd finished the book. I finished it. I thought, hey, this is pretty good. And being completely naive about how the publishing world works. I sent it off to every publisher in New York, every major fiction publisher, and waited for the big checks to come in. And instead, I got rejection slip after rejection slip. And finally, there was one publisher I hadn't heard from back from yet. And I think it was HarperCollins, but I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And so now I, it's been six months and I start calling. And of course, today, if you 
cold call anybody, you wind up in voicemail limbo and you'd never get to speak to a human being. And I happened to call once on a Friday afternoon and this lady who I'd never met uh, was uh, apparently waiting for a phone call and picked it up by accident. And I said, you know, hi, I'm Bernd Levy. I sent you manuscript (laughs) for the last open road. And, you know, I hadn't heard back and I kind of wondered. And she goes, last open road. Oh, that's a wonderful story, but we can't publish it. There's no market. Those people don't read. Mm. You know, most of publishing is centered in New York. And I don't know if you've noticed, New York is not a great car town. Matter of fact, you're crazy to own one there. Right. And, you know. Took, me off took the air out of your tires, people, didn't she, with those words? Well, and she said, those people don't read. And I think she was lumping all car racing people together in this one. And nothing against NASCAR or drag racing, but there certainly are different cultures within the different, oh, uh, course, yeah. if you will, religions of car racing. And I thought, what are you talking about? Vintage racing people and a lot of sports car people tend to be well-educated, literate. Uh, they like to read a lot of them. So I got angry and my entire business plan was, I'll show you. And so I went to my wife. I said, you know, she said there's no market, but I don't think that's true. I've got a little following from my magazine work. Uh, We're going to do this ourselves. And Carol said, uh, and where exactly are you going to get the money? Because we were looking at probably 25 grand to print the book. And and I said, uh, well, why don't we take out a second mortgage? And God bless her. My wife backed me up. She nice. said, are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm I'm absolutely sure. So we took out a second mortgage. We published the book. I uh, got great reviews in the automotive media. As a matter of fact, uh, the British magazine, Classic and Sports Car, picked it as one of the top 20 motoring books of all time. Wow. And it's the only novel on the list. And we sold out two printings, didn't make any money. We get a letter from, there was a guy I'd met when, or I conversed with, who was an editor at St. Martin's Press, and he loved the book, and he's not a car guy, but he really liked the story. And thanks to him, he got St. Martin's to pick it up. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is what every writer dreams of, picked up by a major publisher. Yeah. But they didn't do anything to promote it. Mm. And I was selling more books at the racetracks and car shows and places like that than they were selling in the bookstores. So when I finished the second book, I sent a cover letter. By contract, I had to send him the manuscript. And uh, I sent a cover letter. I said, look, I'm not looking for a larger advance because technically you're supposed to give that back if it doesn't sell. But I want to see a marketing plan and a promotional budget. If you're just going to sell to the market that I've built, I don't need you. So we couldn't come together on a number. And I went back to Carol. I said, you know, we're going to go back to doing this ourselves. But why not fund it the same way motorsports is funded with sponsorship and advertising? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those crazy ideas that you have in the middle of the night and you wake (laughs) up in the morning and say, that can't possibly work. It's too simple. So I started calling people that advertised in the magazines and people that I knew that had businesses and individual sponsors. And in seven and a half weeks, I raised almost $50,000. And we not only published the new book, but we bought back the rights and the remaining copies to the first book from St. Martin. Yeah. You know, that was the third printing. And they thought, you know, this is over. There's not going to be any more following of this book. And now it's in its first printing. So (laughs) what else publishers know? Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. 
Not to gloat. Well, this new audiobook is very cool, but I want to ask you this question, and that is a challenge that you faced, a, a big challenge that was a repeating challenge you faced as you put this audiobook, because this is a whole nother deal here uh, of getting voices and everything. Let me go back just a little bit to say one of the reasons for the audiobook, besides the fact that it would really bring the thing to life, is exactly what that publisher told me. Those people don't read. And I can't tell you how many times at book signings, someone that will come up who I know would love this story. And they'll say, yeah, you know, I've heard all kinds of great things about it, but I really don't have time to read. Or I only read, you know, magazines or nonfiction or whatever, and uh, not novels. And then I got to thinking, everybody in the car, I don't want to say hobby, in the car life, and I don't care if it's somebody that does a, a kid with a ring through his nose that does grid life or a somebody that owns a, a, an antique Austin Healy or whatever, or somebody that is a racer that races a BMW or, or whatever. They all travel long distances sometime to get to car events. And I thought, what better companion than, than my characters from the last open road? So the seed was there. And I thought, let's do this. The biggest challenge was that I'd never done it before. And just like learning what we have in the publishing business, we started out with a guy, uh, uh, a sound guy who uh, worked. He worked as a part-time race car mechanic for a friend of mine's shop. And he also ran a recording studio, beautiful place on a, on an estate in Barrington. Illinois with uh, where they did mostly jazz and I mean really top name people and he loved the story and he wanted to do it and it was well wait it, it, this is not end well and uh, and we got fairly far along in the first chapter or two and it was obvious that we were having trouble getting together on schedules that uh, I wasn't really aware enough of what needed to be done it got to one of those things where almost everything was turning into an argument and there weren't enough. And finally we said that this isn't working out. So my wife went out, she said, I'm going to find someone to help produce this. And I thought, yeah, right. I know you back me up on, you know, taking out a second mortgage, but come on, what do you know about it? Well, she found an outfit, uh, literally a half hour from us who does a lot of concept one media. They do a lot of, commercials they do documentaries they did a wonderful documentary on this local high school marching band that was picked as the best marching band in the state and went to march in the rose bowl parade and they did a wonderful job so carol pitched them the idea and they read the book and they loved it and they loved the concept because i said i'm going to do this not as just me reading the book because i tried that and it was terrible i'm just i i'm not an actor and it it was dead. I said, let's do it as a 1950s radio play. So I went back and I thought this would take two weeks. It took four months to rewrite The Last Open Road as an audio script. And then we held auditions. Uh, we listened to maybe 40 people to be the narrator and picked a guy who lives in, in the uh, L.A. area. He's a professional voice actor and another one to do the main women's parts. He did a wonderful job. I've spent hundreds of hours editing, and then I had this crazy idea. Okay, we've got the main voice. 
and you've got the main girl's voice, and she actually does several different voices within it. There are all these little parts, and I thought, you know what would be great from both a fun and a marketing idea? Why not have mystery celebrity guest voices in a lot of these little parts? And there were a lot of people I knew that, that people whose names that you've heard, that everyone's heard, that like my work and that uh, have said how much they like it. So I started asking. And now we've got minor parts uh, done by David Hobbs, Brian Redman, Ray Evernham, who was the crew chief for uh, Jeff Gordon with all of his success. He's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Bob McKee, Bill Warner, who runs the Amelia Island Concourse, Skip Barber. Patrick Long, who's the only American factory driver for Porsche, Tommy Kendall, who needs no introduction to anybody. There's a list of probably 20 people long, and we're going to tell everyone who's on the show, but we're not going to tell them what part they played. Uh, Dario Franchitti has committed to do a part, but he hasn't done it yet, and he's uh, geographically difficult because uh, he's in Scotland a lot of the time. But we'll make it come together. And as we talked about earlier before we started this show, there is a link on YouTube uh, where you can hear excerpts of these people doing their stuff. And it's just, it's better than I ever could have imagined. And we mix these voices up with sound effects, period music, which is costing us an arm and a leg. We use the song, Your Cheatin' Heart, which is actually the title of one of the chapters. And to get the rights and a band to play it and everything, we're probably closing in on $4,000 just for that little little teeny piece of music that we want to use. All the car sounds are authentic. I went all over the country last summer recording all the different cars at vintage races, at car shows. Uh, so if it's supposed to be an MGTC or an XK120 or even a C-Type Jaguar or a Cat Allard or a Ferrari 4.1, it is. And I went down to the Simeon Museum in uh, Philadelphia, and Fred Simeon was kind enough to set it up for me to record. So we recorded a Cat Allard there, and we also, through them, got the sounds of an actual Cunningham C4R, uh, which there are only three of on Earth. That's really special, uh, that all the car sounds are authentic. You know, this is this is so cool. And all those people you mentioned have been guests here of mine on Cars Yow, which is very cool. And can I tell my listening audience that I even have a little bit part in this? I was going to wait for you to do that. Okay. Yes. Okay. I needed I, I <laughs> needed a very special kind of voice, kind of a nice guy. He works for the, uh, the National Highway Safety Administration. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want him to be too prissy or anything like that. And I thought, Mark, that's the perfect guy for this. <laughs> well, and and he did a, he did a really good, like all of our people, he did a really really good job. Well, I was and, honored. Uh, I mean, this is this whole project to me is so cool. What you're doing and the I, the level of perfection and detail that that Bert goes into with his books. And, and again, you got to get your hands on his books. We have links on his uh, show notes page here on Cars. Yeah, but this is so cool. I, I just love everything about this. Let me ask you this. You're close to having the book done. It's coming out in July. Is that right? Right. We're already taking pre-orders. We're soliciting sponsorships, uh, the sponsors. We have some corporate sponsors, but an individual sponsorship costs 250 bucks. Uh, you get your name mentioned as one of the sponsors. You get one of the 25th anniversary collector's edition of the book, which is going to be each one is numbered. They've got a little 
like metal plate on them and a mm-hmm. special cover and blah 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 blah. Nice. Fancy deal. Yeah. Not worth two hundred and fifty bucks, but with everything else you get it is. Yeah. And you can link you can look at all that stuff on our website at lastopenroad.com. We're going to start, we've been taking pre-orders and we're going to start shipping, I think, the last week in June, unless some terrible thing that I haven't foreseen happens. You know, we'll have it at uh, Road America in July. We'll have it at Monterey in August, Watkins Glen in the fall, uh, Lime Rock, of course. Uh, we'll be everywhere with it. Except unlike a book, I don't think I can sign it. Well, I don't know how you sign a CD center. Uh, I think your touch is all over this thing. And I want to, I want to say right here, in front of the listener's audience, I'm going to help you sponsor this. I'm going to send you a check. I want to be a piece of What this. a guy. Yeah. What a guy. I, I believe so much in what you're doing, and it's so cool what you're doing. And I was really honored to get to have a little bit part in this thing. I mean, I felt really special when you contacted me, and I and I hope I do a good job and I don't end up on the cutting room floor. Oh, you uh, know, every everybody that, that has, like you, gotten on the bandwagon, they all love what this thing is turning into. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if you go, uh, if you're able to listen to the excerpts on YouTube, it's just fun. Yeah. It's a fun story and having these special voices in and the real car sounds and the music and everything, it really brings uh, it to it's life. like an old time. Yeah. And it's like an old time fifties radio play, which my wife and I love. We listen to them at, uh, Saturday afternoon when we're coming home from the health club, there's old time radio on and we yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. No, it just brings the whole thing together. So. I'm really excited to do that for you and be a little piece of this and help support you a little piece of this. So we'll we'll do that for you. And I encourage any listener out there, I'll put links on how you can get involved too and help support this and get yourself a copy and the links to some of these little audio snippets that you can listen to to get a taste of what you're going to have when you uh, sign up and, and get yourself this book. I think it's very, very cool. And I want to remind our listeners too, there's also, some other great books, Montezuma's Ferrari, The Fabulous Trash Wagon, Tully's Ghost, and 200 Mile Per Hour Steamroller. Other books you can get your hands on. Parts one and two. One and two for steam the steamroller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the steamroller. And there's, there's actually, let me throw one last thing in. There's going to be one more book in the series, Steamroller 3, Assault on 4 O'Clock. And that will be the end of the last open road series. It's going to end in June of 66. In France, need I say more? There you go. I kind of want to end it there because I run the route with these characters and everything. I want to resolve some of the things, disasters that I've created. But, you know, you get much past 66 and all of a sudden you're into the super hyper professionalism and hyper commercialism of modern racing. And while I follow it and I love it, I don't particularly want to write about that world as much. Uh, and I've got three other novels to write that have nothing to do with cars, so I want to get around to that. Very cool. We look forward to those. Well, Bert, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make this show possible. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off 
all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell the mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Bert, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best book writing advice you've ever received? Uh, do it every day. Yeah. You got, it's like an exercise regimen. You have to, you know, what's the old thing? It's, it's 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration. Yeah. Uh, you got to set yourself a time and a place and just grind it out. There'll be days I'm working on it where I think, this stuff is crap. It's never going to make it into the final book. But if I give up today, it makes it easier to give up tomorrow yep. and the next day, yeah. and you lose the threat of it. Absolutely. Could you share what are your personal habits you believe has contributed to your ability to make this new project come to fruition? Oh, boy. I think it's more overcoming my bad habits than, <laughs> than any good. I'm I'm pretty determined to do stuff. I tend to be pig-headed where I always think my way is right. I'm not a great team player in that respect, and and I'm not defending that. I mean, that's a flaw. A lot of times, my wife or someone else will have a different idea. And I, no, no, no. I know, I know how I want this to be. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I'll reflect on it and I think, you know what? Somebody else has a good idea too. Yeah, there's a lot of great ideas out there. I, I suffer from that same thing too. I've learned to be a better listener with my wife. It's only taken her 35 years to knock all almost all the burrs off. Well, right. we, we we're in, we got 45 years in. And, well, you're ahead of um, me. <laughs> yeah, you'll never catch us. And, <laughs> But it's still, you know, I think I think if you're going to do something creative, it takes a little bit of, I hate to use the word arrogance, but that's really what it is, uh, to get it done. And that's why a lot of people who are really good creatively can be difficult people, you know, as people. Yeah. You know, it's just the way things are. You know, I had a, a And guess. that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to you're it. You're sticking with it. I had a great guest on the show. He's a motivational coach, Tony Watley, and he said, you know, when you start a business or any endeavor, think of it as bigger than who you are. And that has, takes a little bit of uh, the humbleness away sometimes, but that's how you get to high places and things. You've got to think much bigger. So we touched on this during the talk, but what kind of resources did you access throughout the creation of this audiobook? Oh, my God. 
Well, you have to start with the books themselves because they're historical fiction, essentially. Mm -hmm. I have a guy that uh, Bill Siegfried, who helps me with my research, uh, he has a phenomenal, he, he, he and I couldn't be more different. He's so organized and so anal, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm like fireworks going off most of the time. <laughs> if I call him up or email him and say, Bill, my narrative is going to the Nürburgring in 1961 for the world championship sports car race, and I want to get some material, uh, he'll send me every race report that was ever written about it in English, any stories about the cars that are involved. He's even taken stories from Automotor und Sport uh, and translated for them uh, them for me into English. So wow. he's been a huge asset. Yeah. And then I do a lot of research. You know, the, the problem with research, particularly with the, the Internet today, is you turn over one rock and there's something really neat underneath it. And then you turn over the next rock and there's something really neat under that. The problem is that there's an infinite number of rocks. And at some point, you got to say, okay, I, I need to move forward and work on, on the story instead of turning over more rocks. Yeah, I understand. Now, again, when will this audiobook be available and how can people access it? All right, you can pre-order now at lastopenroad.com uh, or be a sponsor. He smiled. <laughs> uh, we will start shipping. I'm going to say end June, first week, July. You have a choice of getting it as a USB. It's MP3 files, either on a USB flash drive or a CD set, either one. They will not be available for downloads until late next year. Uh, there's some marketing reasons for that and also some security reasons for that. There is also going to be a video. It'll either be a DVD with a CD set or a separate video folder of files, uh, which is going to include some commercial messages from our from our big sponsors, our chapter sponsors, and some funny, some make me look really good, and some absolutely humiliating uh, ride with Bert videos. <laughs> uh, there'll be some interviews with me. I've got one that I did with Jay Leno, and if NBC will let us do it, uh, we'll put it on there. Actually, I've been on there twice with him, and we're going to have some. Oh, there's some interesting stuff that's already up on YouTube that's uh, how I got started in racing. They're kind of funny. Uh, so all that will be on a separate uh, free DVD or video file that's going to come with the audiobook. Nice. And if people want to find your YouTube page, is it under Last Open Road? The Last Open Road Audio Samples. Okay. If you just go to the Last Open Road Audio Samples on YouTube, you will find it. Okay. Awesome. I'll make sure I put links to those on Bert's show notes page for you listeners to find. It's really fun to go listen. It gives you a flavor of what you're going to get when you order this. Uh, absolutely spectacular. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Bert, and I have one last question for you here before we uh, wrap things up. What's one singular message you would like your readers or listeners in this case to get from listening to this new audiobook? Oh, I just want them to enjoy it. The, the whole idea is that, you know, I grew up in the, in the 60s. And we look back on the 50s as kind of a dim bulb generation that, you know, didn't know much about what was going on. And yet, as I got older, and this is even before I started writing the first book, it occurred to me that that was probably the last innocent, confident, unperturbed generation this country will ever see. We just finished 
winning essentially World War II uh, without ever having, except for Pearl Harbor, a battle on our own our own property, our, our own nation. Uh, we were in such a privileged moment in time, and I wanted to capture that, and I hope that I bring it to the readers. Absolutely. And one other quick question for you. You've driven so many cool cars uh, by that other people own. Is there one car you just haven't gotten into yet that you'd love to jump in and race? Oh, my. People always ask me, what's your favorite? And I always say, oh, the next one. That's like a <laughs> well, that's answer. kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have a short list of cars that mean a lot. I've gotten to drive the, the actual car that won the first race I ever saw, the 003 Revent La Scarab. Mm. Matter of fact, I think I'm the only guy that wasn't on the team that's driven both the two Formula One cars and the uh, one of the sports cars. Nice. I'd like to drive a birdcage Maserati because I always really like those. And, yeah. and they look like my kind of car, lightweight and, and you know, wonderful handling. Mm-hmm. I think I've driven two of the Grand Sport Corvettes. I like those a lot. I haven't raced a 289 Cobra. I've driven some street ones and I drove a race car, but not under race situation. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that'll always be the real Cobra was the original 289. Yeah. I just thought it was a much prettier, leaner, angrier looking car than the 427. Yeah. They're gorgeous. Very nice. Well, and I mean, I could go on. I'm sure you could. Well, there's, we'll, we'll stick with the birdcage and the Cobra. Are there any listeners out there that yeah. want to toss the bird the keys? I promise you'll bring the car back safe and sound. Uh, he always does. I'll do my best. Yeah, he'll do his best for sure. Um, almost always does. Yeah, almost. Well, let's just say he will. Let's leave it at that yeah. for now. Otherwise, okay. uh, might preclude you from getting the keys to those cars. Bert, as always, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you about this. I want to thank you for allowing me to have, have a little piece of this new audiobook. I'm very proud of that. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible life's journey with the Cars Show listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of Wisdom or guidance before you rip off in the sunset and the last open road? Uh, Just what my dad said. There's only one thing you ever need to know in life, and that's what you have to do next. Absolutely. Ah, Listeners, again, you can find all these links at carsyad.com. Just type in Burt Levy. You'll find his first two shows. You'll find this show there, all the links to this. I would encourage you to reach out and uh, be a part of this. Capture this book. You're not going to be unhappy with me. I absolutely guarantee it as an endorser of Burt's work. Uh, this new oh, version please. is incredible. No, I love what you're doing, buddy. You're just one of those real people that uh, I am very privileged to call a friend. Thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your oh, incredible thank you experiences. For having me on. Oh, it's been a blast. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the last open road. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. 
CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.